there's a lot going on in the world, as you've probably noticed. So it's changed people's buying behaviors and people's priorities and so on. But we managed to grow 40% year on year last year as well. So it was all right. Um, but at the moment, uh, over 50% of our new business revenue is coming from not Finland, um, which is a target we've been working towards for a while. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Growth Hub podcast. This is actually the second part of episode 96. We recorded with Teemu Ilola, VP of Sales Operations at Lidu Technologies. In part one, we covered Lidu's strategy to end the new markets. And Teemu also told us a bit about their marketing and sales alignment. If you missed it, we highly recommend you listen to part one before listening to this. In part two, Temu talks about the challenges he and his team faced as Lidu grew and successfully entered new markets. So um, expanding to new markets, that's always, um, of course, challenging. Um, which of the markets have been the most challenging for you to enter and why would you say that? Well, overall, I think the UK. Um has been the trickiest one to kind of crack the code um just because it's so different and it's so competitive even though there's not many companies exactly like us competing for the same thing but there's just so much noise in the market and there's like more people in london than there is in finland so it's there's just so much going on in there and it's hard to kind of break out from the crowd it's hard to separate yourself from the other and it's been tricky but it doesn't mean that the other markets would not have been challenging either i'd say all of them and we've also run some trials in other markets uh, that didn't work out but they were kind of small scale trials and the markets we've actually actually tried to go for our uk and sweden and finland and i'd say uk has been the hardest one out of the three so when you look back at what you've guys accomplished so far in this in these markets, what would you say are the can we call the mistakes, the main mistakes that you've made in your quest to break the, break into these markets? Let's not call them mistakes. Let's say what would we do differently next time? Um, <laughs> can we call them pitfalls? We can call them pitfalls. We can call whatever we want, but at the end of the day. Things we want to do differently next time. Um, overall, I think there's a few few key things that I can mention here. But um, first of all, having a strategy. So in reality, we just went and we figured it out. We didn't really have a solid plan that we can then see, okay, this is working, this is not working, or what are we measuring against, and so on. We went full gas, let's go, let's see what happens type of a way. So maybe next time we'll have a better strategy overall. Do you mean sales strategy specifically or a bigger bigger plan? A go-to-market strategy. Uh, I guess a go-to-market strategy, mm-hmm. yeah, because we could have utilized like marketing, sales, partnerships, all better um, as we go or as we went, I think. Um, 
So overall, just having a clear go-to-market strategy, and then obviously you can refine it as you go. But if you don't have anything, then all you do is refine <laughs> or figure it out. Um, and when it comes to that strategy, I think another point that um, we did initially, and I've spoken to a few startups that are going to UK at the moment, like Finnish companies, and they're doing the same, which is not optimal perhaps, <laughs> but we tried to replicate exactly what worked in Finland without taking into consideration the kind of local model of how it should have been done. Um, obviously, we didn't know much about how it should have been done and what, what the differences were. We've learned as we've gone. Um, but I do see the value of doing it the local way, which, yeah, we didn't. I um, I Anybody listening to at the moment, please make note of that point. <laughs> Replicating your model in one market and taking it exactly like that to a new market probably not always a good idea. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, make you Temu into a kind of highlight you or Lido here because you are definitely not the only companies who do this. I I see this not only you know Finnish companies going to other countries, but I also see this with um, non. Nordic countries coming to the Nordics and treating all the countries here exactly the same. And then they wonder, why isn't it working? <laughs> I think you can turn it around, like you said, like imagine um, an American company coming to Finland and just the small annoying stuff they do when they speak to you and they say your name in every sentence every time they speak to you. It's just very annoying and that wouldn't work in Finland. Okay, so we have uh, two lessons so far. Uh, any any yes. other ones? I think this might be even the biggest one, um, perhaps. But what's really worked for us super well, especially in the UK, is being very, very strict on the ICP. And this kind of goes for sales and marketing, obviously partnerships as well, and all like the whole go-to-market motion when it comes to having a clear ICP, what sort of companies do we want to target and who are the people in this company? How do they behave? Who are they? Where do they hang out? How do they speak? What are their problems? And so on. Sales and marketing both should probably know that. It's going to make both lives, both of our lives a lot easier, most likely. Um, but also when it comes to then keeping these clients happy and keeping them lead to clients for a long time, if we are only selling to companies that we know our solution worked for, they're going to be pretty happy for a long time. But if we're freestyling and selling to anybody that has a website, it's going to be trickier to keep everybody happy. Um, but overall, it's just made the whole go-to-market motion a lot simpler, a lot easier when we've narrowed down on a few key markets that we want to be targeting. Obviously, it's a bit easier in the UK when the kind of amount of companies is so much bigger that you can narrow, be very narrow. It's not as easy in the Nordics, obviously depending on your model, but that's been, it's been a game changer for us. Um, I want to ask something about that. Did you, um, just to clarify, did you guys have an ICP in mind when you went to the UK and then you've refined it as you've gone, or is it something that you, you didn't have ICP and then you've uh, made it later on in there? We did, but it's changed pretty much from what it was. And so I guess this comes back to replicating what worked in Finland. So we kind of tried to do the same. So there were a few key industries that 
we knew it works really well in Finland and we went for them. And we saw there's a lot of companies, for example, for us, a good industry is construction. So our home improvement. And we went to that and we started looking for roofing companies in the UK, for example, and we found, oh, there's a thousand roofing companies in this list. And it turned out that half of them didn't even have a website. So how are we going to sell to them? So we kind of had an ICP, but we didn't actually notice that it's like the actual industry is totally different in the country. So it's refined quite a lot um, as we've gone. And, and at the moment, the ICP is different in all three countries that we work in as well. Oh, that's really interesting that it's, uh, I mean, obviously we always say that the ICP has to be specific for that market, but I think it's really yeah. interesting that it is different in all of your, your different markets that you, you work at. Well, there are, there are similarities and there are industries that are very good in all three markets, but there are some big differences as well. And it is what it is. And we need to. We need to accept that and focus on the right ones in each country or each market. Great. Um, we're still uh, talking about lessons. Uh, any yes. any more that you want to want to share? I guess one more I could point out is just like, especially when you get an investment round in and there's high pressure and high willingness to grow very fast it's very easy to start hiring very fast as well. Let's just grow by growing our headcount. And when you take into consideration the other three that I mentioned, not having a great plan when it comes to the whole GTM motion and trying to replicate what works in Finland and not defining an ICP when you add hiring too fast to that, it might create a bit of chaos. So my advice would be to not hire too fast. Um, maybe try to find a few key players initially that have done what you need to do before in another company, for example, and then build on that instead of hiring a full team immediately and then running with it. It, it does sound like that um, if you go, uh, go to new markets, there's no way you can kind of avoid making mistakes. It's, it's kind of it's kind of the rule yeah. of the thumb, isn't it? That it just you're about to do some anyway. I think so, and mm. I think it's part of the game. And it, like you're gonna make mistakes. Think the kind of what then is gonna separate succeeding from not succeeding is how quickly you react to the mistakes, and if you know how to fix them, or if you even try to fix them, or if you decide to just give up. Um, I think a good rule of thumb I read from uh, a book from Kim Weizen was that he has this rule of pie that everything that you're planning is always going to cost three times more than you thought and it's going to take three times longer than you thought it's going to take. And I think that's being quite realistic with us as well. And <laughs> it is what it is and I don't think we're the only ones. I uh, I love your lesson list because, you know, having a strategy, replicating um, old model uh, defining your ICP it reads like somebody wrote a blog post on Google and then you know SEO'd it on Google saying uh, how do you go to a new market or you know <laughs> that is so, so true then it's like yeah. just remember these things <laughs> oh god I think even if you remember those things you can still go wrong so oh, absolutely yeah I'm not I'm not going to write a post saying do these four things and you'll succeed but I could write it in a way that avoid these mm. uh, and it'll give you an edge. Yeah, well, you're going to make mistakes, but probably the, yeah, the key thing is to actually learn from them. 
Um, yeah. So you already mentioned a few things, what we would do differently uh, in your yeah. next go-to-market strategy or, or situation or strategy for situation. What would you do? Like if you need to uh, highlight like three, perhaps? Next country you're going to go to, what you're going to mm. do differently. Yes. And what is that country? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. Aww. Um, <laughs> but I'd say, I, I think I said it just now as well, but hiring someone someone who's done it before, um, it'll just make it happen quicker. Um, you can make it happen yourself as well, but hiring somebody who knows the market well immediately as a first hire helps. Then obviously overall just planning it out better in terms of what are the actual things that need to happen and being realistic about it and having a plan of how to get there instead of having a plan of sell to a hundred clients. How are we actually going to get there and break it down better and all the channels and everything. And then when it comes to channels, last thing I'd say, I'd, I'd utilize partnerships more. Um, we have a pretty well working partnership model. I'd say uh, in Finland, in Sweden, we're growing it out in the UK as well. But I think from a market entry perspective, it's a, it's a cheaper and easier way to test out a market as well to go through partnerships in the beginning to kind of see how how your offering resonates in the market and how it's perceived if there's a lot of competition or if nobody really cares at all and so on. So I'd, I'd say that as well. Fantastic. Well, we're uh, we're running uh, towards the end of our episode. We are very grateful for you, Daimo, for taking us through your through Lidu's go to market journey a journey um, over the past few years. Um, I'm still a bit bummed that you're not going to tell us the next country you're going to go to, but you know, fair enough. Keep your secrets. Um, <laughs> but before before our final uh, segment, can you tell us where Lidu is today? Any numbers you can share? How fast are you growing? And especially since we're talking about international markets, what uh, kind of impact do the different markets have for, have for your for your growth? Yeah. So. We've, I feel like we've only spoken about mistakes and things we haven't <laughs> done right. But if you think about our numbers, we've existed for a bit over four years. And we just a couple of months ago got over 6 million in ARR. So like we've grown pretty fast. And if I was, I was the employee number 19, I think when I joined and we're about 85 people now in four different countries and everything. So like we've grown okay. It hasn't been bad, let's put it that way. And um, the last year was a bit trickier when it comes to like, there's a, there's a lot going on in the world, as you've probably noticed. So it's changed people's buying behaviors and people's priorities and so on. But we managed to grow 40% year on year last year as well. So it was all right. Um, at the moment, uh, over 50% of our new business revenue is coming from not Finland, um, which is a target we've been working towards for a while. And I'm actually quite happy to see it happening. Although I'm still personally also working towards the Finnish market, but still I'm rooting for our international teams. And uh, it's good to see them kind of outgrow Finland when it comes to new business revenue. Well, uh, that that sounds really good. And the fact that you grew 40% last year, I think in this current situation, that is actually pretty fantastic. So good for you guys. And uh, I do uh, do realize that the 
you know, we ask you to come and learn, come and tell us about your uh, mistakes or learning. So it might sound a bit negative, but we are very grateful that you were were willing to do that. Um, and the fact that also Lidu is actually doing doing well as well. So um, we'll and leave it to a positive note. Positive note. And it's yes. inspirational to hear kind of, even though you made mistakes, you kind of, you are conquering the world bit by bit and doing it bit by bit, we bit are. by bit and doing it fantastically but hey um i think it's now for our last segment of the uh podcast or episode um uh fast five fast five straightforward five simple questions five simple mm-hmm. answers are you ready what books or book <laughs> are you currently reading professionally wise i'm reading uh, we're here uh Strategic and company, I think the strategic partner from Jan Ropponen and very kind of salesy book. Another one I'm going to start soon. I need to reread it is the challenger sale. I read it a few years ago, but I want to get back into it because I think it's the model idea enjoy most. And then I'm a big fan of Jack Reacher books and I'm listening to them every, all the time when I have any free time. A sales company you love and why? I'm not sure if I love any company, it sounds weird, but one company that I admire, it's called Lavender. Um, I think their technology is, I haven't even used it, but I could sell it. I think it's brilliant. I've seen a demo and I'm blown away. So I think the product's brilliant, but actually the way they've built the company around people and the way they're building their brand awareness in LinkedIn and building it through the people in the company instead of the actual technology is just amazing. And the way they lift each other up in social media and so on is just nuts. So I I could definitely work for Lavender some, somewhere in the future. So I think that's that's one. What's your favorite place to read about growth? I'm not sure I should, should say this out loud, but I don't read about growth much. Um, I, I listen to podcasts. I, when, when I'm driving or running or going to the gym or whatever, I have a few that I like. I think the main one that I listen to most is unfortunately not yours. It's, uh, the, what's it called? It's the Cognizant podcast, Revenue Champions. Um, they have different sorts of episodes around marketing and cold calling and just go to market strategies and they have interesting guests in there and so on. So that's one of my favorite ones. What is the most important growth metric in your opinion? <laughs> growth percentage. Um, right now in this environment where all is going towards profitability, everybody's working towards profitability. I think lifetime value versus customer acquisition costs and getting that as high as you can is the, the metric right now. If you can grow about year spending too much money on it, it's never going to work out in this economy. So what is your best? Uh, advice or piece of advice uh for SaaS marketers speak to your clients that's it i i i'm gonna repeat this once more go to sales meetings and try to understand how your clients and your prospects think what they need what they're afraid of what they're looking forward to what challenges they have and then utilize that go to sales meetings stop hiding (laughs) perfect 
Well, that is it, folks, for this episode. Thank you for listening. And Teemu, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. As usual, it's so much fun talking to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And in fact, we would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so tell us what you thought. Anything we missed, anything you'd like us to revisit. Let's keep the conversation going on on Twitter at SARS Growth Hub or on LinkedIn at the SARS Growth Hub podcast. And if you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you subscribe to Growth Hub on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or SoundCloud. Until next time, cheers!